I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track podcast. Hope you're all doing well. It's another week, which means another podcast. And this is a good one. They're all good, right? Why am I saying this is a good one? They're all good. I should be thinking they're all good or I shouldn't be putting them out. And they are. I started this podcast having a row myself. Um, today's guest is Samuel Preston, um, or Preston, as I guess a lot of you will know him. Um, Preston is an absolute delight. He's he's, he's such a nice fella. Um, I travelled to his his new house in in just on the outskirts of Brixton, and he welcomed me in by taking me to his studio and playing me some music that he's working on. Um, we talk about the stuff that he does in the duration of his podcast because I guess a lot of you will know him as being the front man in The Ordinary Boys or through Big Brother and, and, and such. But Preston has wrote, he's, he's a songwriter and and, and has, has in recent times written songs for, let me think, Ollie Murs, Enrique Iglesias, um, God, The Vamps. Like just and and we speak about this and we speak about what th- what it involves to 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 craft and write a a pop record, you know, um, it, you know, in against writing something for, you know, uh, I, I guess a an indie band and and he, and, he, and the way that he he talks it through, he's he's, he's fantastic, you know, he's, he's full of fa- uh, full of passion for what he does, and uh, and he had some fantastic song choices as well throughout this podcast and I guess uh, a, a lot of you that listen to this probably listen to um, the other podcast I call listening and have heard Preston on there so you, you know what an absolute gem he is so um, yeah I'm not going to witter on anymore I can, we can just get on with it quick shout out to the Distraction Pieces Network thanks to my producer 76 my name is Ad and Brad Acton for video and artwork stuff and please enjoy this episode of Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Samuel Preston. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And... What I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. 
And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out, because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast, and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done, is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code, Beat 15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Right, we are recording. We are in, is it Brixton? Yeah. Yeah, we're in Brixton. Brixton. Um, I'm adamant that it, because it's about, I think it's Tulse Hill is like one street away. Right. But I really want it, I just want it to be Brixton so much. So it's kind of like, it's a bit of an issue of contention amongst my friends where I'm like, I live in Brixton. They're like, "Mm, Tulse Hill. But it is actually officially Brixton. You you can see Brixton right out the window upstairs. You can see London. Mm. Yeah. So this is, well, I should say now today's guest, welcome to Off The Beat and Track podcast, and today's guest is Samuel Preston. Hi. You all right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Really good. So I haven't seen you for maybe five months, and I think the Isn't last time... Long? I think it has, yeah. yeah. And I think the last time we see you, uh, Chris and I recorded the Hard Listing podcast, and we went to Brighton uh, to your home to do that, and you've you've moved. Yes. And you're in Tulsa Hill now. <laughs> and... Uh, and what a beautiful house. Thank you very much. No, I've, I've like... Do you remember know one of them where I'm just... I, I'm still like... I kind of saw this house ages ago. I was like, I really want this house. But like, as if I'm going to be able to get this nice house. But then I just... Do you know, I think it was like one of those visualisation things where I was like... As soon as I saw it, I could kind of imagine myself in it. So I just imagined it really hard and then it came true. It feels like home, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm... I'm yeah. I'm really happy. Yeah. Nice. Really good. Why... why? Back to well, it's back to London, isn't it? It is back to London. Yeah. Well, there was this, there was the two weeks that I lived in the Big Brother house in London. <laughs> of course. But, um, I have I've moved I've lived all over London, but I've never owned anywhere in London. Mm. Um, I think because I mean, honestly, because I couldn't really afford to buy anywhere yeah. like that I'd want to live in until now, and I've just been working really hard. Why? Why back from Brighton to London? Um, I did like I grew up in Brighton and it just always felt a bit like I just didn't want to be kind of small town like a small town guy that's just like I kind of always wanted to live in London it was just trying to I've always been trying to move here but every time I kind of chicken out yeah but now I've sort of I'm really happy because you was in London when you recorded distraction pieces with Pip weren't you I was I was like renting like a one bed flat in that's right it's like we we went up to Eason to watch we went to watch uh, me and Pip went to watch Gervais do some work in progress thing and when we was driving back through isn't and 
on the way out there, he went, that's where Sam used to live. Yeah, it's quite a mad and, house. Uh, yeah, quite yeah, a mad place. yeah. Like, I've always, I've lived in some mad places. Actually, I lived in, I lived in this weird old place with like a swimming pool. Like it was like a, an old, uh, like just ancient centre of London kind of flats with a swimming pool in the in the basement. It was really weird. I've lived in just some mad places, so now it's nice to just be in like an actual house with like a garden and just a no- normal kind of place. It's it's a lovely place. It's a nice three floors. It's uh, it's beautiful and big and yeah. And as as your place in Brighton did, it's just got cool shit everywhere. I, know, man. It's kind of like, <laughs> I can't believe it. I've only been here a month and I've already just got like tat everywhere. No, no, but it, like it looks like it looks like home, right? It looks you look it looks very settled and it looks lived in and and that's what you want from a house, right? Yeah. Do you know what? I I look because I, I always think oh, I've got such kind of I like to, the fact that I've just collected all this weird shit. Yeah. All over the world and yeah. over my life. And then I found a book about um, John Waters' house. It was like right. a book of his house. Of his, It just was a photo of like, look how mad his house is. Well, it's going to be, isn't it? And I kind of had, I, I had like most of the same stuff as him. Oh, really? It's really weird. Like I had the same, I've got this weird like hand-painted ashtray thing over there that he's got the exact same thing of. I've got all these little Pee Wee Herman toys that he's got exactly the same things of. Uh, so it's just funny. It's like, you, it, no matter how kind of, uh, no matter how much you think you're kind of you're you're being uh, individualistic, that there's someone that's just like exactly on the same. Yeah. But like, it's, it's John Waters actually that's fine. Well, when when we were sorting this out, um, you was in the process of moving. I think you was starting to pack all your stuff up in Brighton. So you were sending me pictures of random shit that you was finding in your house. One of which was um, a Jim will fix it badge. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how did you acquire that? Uh, I can't remember. He came, I think he came into to Big Brother when I was in there. Oh, you actually got yeah, a legit? Yeah. Wow. I remember he was like, "I'm gonna call you Buddy Holly." Like no that. way. Like, Could you not, please, just call me anything at all, please, mate? Uh, I guess because I had glasses on. He, I felt. I remember him. Him. Him being the one that was like, he sort of let it slip that actually the, that, that that series was doing really well. He was like, oh, I shouldn't really say this, but everyone's responding very well. And I was thinking, oh, we're, we're, like, he's like, yeah, it's really blowing up Yoto about, about me and Chantel. Yeah. And I, 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 know, I was kind of like oblivious to it. So is it easy? I mean, I, I, I purposely didn't mention Big Brother oh, when we've done you know hardcore listing. I've mentioned it twice already. Like, no, 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 it's not, because I didn't want to talk about it. No. I didn't know if you was, you know, you didn't want to talk about ancient, it. Or, his, his, exactly. It's 50, is it 15 years ago? Something like that, 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. It's, it's over 10 years ago, so yeah. now it just feels like, and you know, the show's cancelled. Yeah. It's funny, because my girlfriend is now in South Africa. She's been, it's, we moved, and she went straight to South Africa for six weeks. Um, oh, maybe I'm not allowed to say that. Actually, let's, let's not say that. It might be a secret. Okay. It's something to do with television. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'm not allowed to say that. Actually, right. I might get in trouble. Yeah, that <laughs> never happened. Right. Nothing about that. Just ignore that. <laughs> I just remembered I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. <laughs> I'll tell you later. It's not, oh, right, it's not even that interesting. Okay. Well, look, um, so with this podcast, Sam, how we do it is um, I'm going to talk about you and your life and yeah. your creative journey predominantly. Great. And and the songs that have soundtracked it. And uh, so I've sent you these these questions quite a while ago and you yeah. come back to me literally within about 
two minutes, which is good because that means that I've been very honest with it. Whereas I was thinking, I actually um, texted you back and I said I might have, I might tweak them to make them a bit less honest and a bit more cool. Don't but do it. I just, I just thought actually, if we're going to talk about it, it's better if, it, if it's the real answers. I've mentioned it before. It's like I try and and, and really make sure that that the guests don't try and be too cool because it's never going to be an honest representation when you're. 11 years old, you ain't listening to John Peel, do you know what I yeah. mean? And uh, and it was it was absolutely solidified that when Russell from Block Party um, said that the, the first record that really blew him away was Stiltskin. So, uh, oh, inside. <laughs> inside yeah. by Stiltskin. June. So, uh, so, yeah, there was no call uh, yeah. there. All right, well, look, for track one, I always ask the guests, um, the song with the greatest intro, can you remember what you put? Because it was a long while ago oh, when you said these. Is it the first up. song of Disintegration? It is. Yeah, that, it is. Plain song by. I, yeah. I, I um, this. Re- do you remember mini discs? Of course. So I had um, uh, my friends actually got Loveless, my Billy Valentine, on original wow. mini disc, like the actual from the shop. So for our younger listeners, they're like CDs but mini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you could put two albums on them, and my sister had like a. Could you? Yeah, you could I fit two that. albums on a mini disc, and my sister had a um, had like a stereo with a mini disc in the front so yep. you could record CDs or whatever when my parents got divorced my dad took us to the kind of somewhere really dark and miserable and icy which was for, for like skiing and I was kind of like a little goth at the time and I didn't want to ski so I just kind of I just wanted to be miserable and the only, I, I had the um, Empty Bottles Broken Hearts by Murder City Devils and Disintegration by The Cure they were, they were my only two records that were on that that one mini disc that I and if you want me. to be miserable that's a pretty decent album yeah, to get miserable yeah, to I mean, right and I've, I, I've, I've always I've said this before lots of times but it's the heaviest record it's in terms of just like crushingly heavy record because it's like it's not obviously not distorted or anything but it's just like these this like wash of kind of of really intense chordal stuff that just like it, it's this huge like weighty heavy thing and it's like what I love about The Cure is they, they'll start a song with a bass line that's a hook. It's just like a hook. You know, every, think of like, I mean, any Cure song, it's, it's like mm. a really hooky, like, pop thing. Pictures of you. And then they'll put a guitar line, which is different, but it's still a dumb hook. Yeah. It's like a nursery rhyme hook. And then they'll have another thing, you know, a keyboard line that's a nursery rhyme hook. And they're these, and you can, ju- you, know, you can never get bored of those songs because you're like, you're like, oh, I'll listen to the bass line for a bit. And, and then you're like, if you get bored of that, there's always something else to kind of pick up on, and it's like there's a huge amount of of melodical melodic information in those songs, and there's something really intense about that because you know you can't listen to it in one listen, and it's like you it, it, it's almost like a choose your own adventure music. Yeah. And um, everything that you've just described there is completely peaking on disintegration right yeah yeah a hundred percent that's the album 100%. where all of the, the way you've just described that yeah. i've never realized until you as you're saying i'm thinking yeah of course and then the synth flavor comes yeah. in and it, and it is and it and and the thing is it it's a kind of because you the, because of the cure because they're the cure yeah. i mean they're honestly one of my favorite bands yeah like just always have been and um you know that you're not gonna be able to to yeah, you know, you can't just listen to the song once and then yeah. like, it's like, oh, I, I heard that song. Because yeah. no, you didn't hear it. You just yeah. like had you had just had it on and yeah. you listened to it. Or like, and there's something kind of this. I, I don't know if it's even intentional, but there's something about how the emotion of those songs and the fact that 
you know that there's too there's like too much for you to pick up on ever really there's so much kind of going on in those songs and the the having that i mean isn't it it's like a 3 minute intro or something yeah. at the beginning of that record which is like like who who does that? It's really weird. The Cure and they do it so well, and and, it, and then you're yeah, you're like you realise that the, you also realise that the, musically what what they what they present is a lot more than his top you know his vocal almost said top line because I've yeah. been doing so much uh, songwriting. Yeah. that's a really horrible term that I wish I'd never even almost said. But you know then he comes this, and I think he's he follows in that kind of in the sort having almost some of that naivety of like in his lyric almost like baby babyish kind of simplicity to it which is really always it's just I always say about the the um the Beach Boys lyric when he just says sometimes I feel very sad yeah that one and it's like but it's the same kind of thing where it's just like boiling down a or, or presenting a, a feeling in a in its kind of simplest term which is so heavy I think I complete I completely agree and I think you know I know loads of people that love the cure love the Smiths and I know you love the Smiths too mm. but you know, I think it's a different entity lyrically, but I think the simplicity, as you say, of, of, of what Robert Smith sings, yeah. like pictures of you being an, an, an obvious one, one to use as an example. The lyrics to that cut you in half, but yeah. they are so simple and, and, and love song. There's one from Disintegration that's like stains on the carpet and stains on the memory. What is, uh, it's not Last Dance, is it? I, I, would, I, I, I should know that, really. Um, but it's like there's these breakup songs, and they're not like... Instead, it makes you when you write your own when you write lyrics and you kind of think, think of some kind of flowery way of saying something yeah. and you're and you're kind of you're all you're doing is 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 taking away the directness from the the sentiment and makes it it seem like if you listen to listen to a pop song and someone says oh I I, I cry 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 whatever and you think mm, no you, you didn't cry that you actually yeah. just didn't cry yeah whereas with with Robert Smith you're like well he whatever he says you're just like oh that's because it's yeah. so direct you can't it, it's there's yeah. no it's just like no bullshit lyrics yeah. and you're I, crying with him as well yeah and you really are, especially <laughs> yeah. like you know this is when i was my parents had just got divorced i was refusing to ski in like somewhere where there was two hours of daylight and it was snowing yeah and then i I'm, i can just think of and I, I can remember the the bus journey back which was you know through these mountains of i don't even know where we were but in the snow at six o'clock in the morning and listening to this record and just like you're it's almost like that the 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 intro to that song is like the transition from not your normal life into all right now you're you're going to be listening to disintegration now. yeah do you know what i mean it's like yeah. it sucks you in and you're like and it really kind of it just it just sort of washes away all, yeah. any other any like real life yeah. away a little bit I saw him at Hyde Park about two months ago. Did you go to that? No. Do you know what? It was the best I've ever seen him. Really? Um, it was a full-on greatest hits. Amazing. And it was literally, bar Love Cats, everything. Yeah. Because I've seen him quite a few times when they've done stuff where it's just wigged out for ages and stuff like that. Yeah. And, but this was just... It was perfect as well. I think that everyone, England just won something in the football and then everyone went into Hyde Park. It was a beautiful sunny day. Weren't good weather for a golf in the yeah. day. <laughs> and uh, there was melted. But do you, know, do you not have the feeling that Robert Smith actually just like, likes, he, I can imagine him sitting by the pool in the sun and stuff as well. That's you kind reckon? of why I like, I kind of like him for that. Yeah. I don't think he's like, he's not like only happy when it rains type yeah. golf. I don't, I don't feel, I feel like he's just like, I don't know. I think he's a bit more complicated than that, maybe. Yeah, or definitely. I um, 
I saw him at Albert Hall do the first three albums. Nice. Which was ri- which was amazing. And we got we it was like I just signed some girl that I was working with, and so to try to like to sort of um, show off to us, they got us right you know front row seats and everything. It was absolutely brilliant. It was oh, like amazing. really good. Mighty. They they used to be kind of a proper punk band, really. When they yeah, started, completely, they? completely. They're and from near me as well, aren't they? From like Crawley or somewhere really yeah, funny. Yeah, like that. <laughs> and I think what, that, creepy that, Crawley. That gig in <laughs> 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 that gig that they done at High Park the other day. I think that was it's ridiculous. It, was it a forty year anniversary? Seventy eight, eighty eight, ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, forty years. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like, and I mean they're, they're still they're about they're one of the only bands of, that have been going that long that are still. Get finding new fans, new young kids, because it's like it's almost it's it's a uh, it's something you just can relate to at some time in yeah. your life. Like yeah. it's there's something biological happening in in, yeah. hu- in humans that they like want to listen to kind of goth music for a little bit. And it is that dark music. You look at the, the acts that are still putting stuff out that is still vital when they put it out. It is the Cure. It is Nick yeah. Cave. It is Morrissey. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It is them, them artists true, yeah. that are putting out this. Music and that, even even like even music that gets that, that's popular now, all that all that like you know sad trap stuff that's yeah. really popular now. Even Drake, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like there's people people always need some music to, to be sad to. Absolutely. You know? All right. So just touching on on intros um, before we move on to track two. Um, when I got here, you played me a track that you're working on upstairs. Yeah. Um, because people that, that, that don't know you, you write for lots of other people um, yeah. as, a, as a songwriter. Um, is it on your own or with other people or, or both? Do it with other people now. I've, like, I've got I've got like a, a team sort of thing now. So it's yeah. like just a few of us. Okay. Well, we'll talk a little bit about some of the acts that, you, that you've written for as we work through this. But um, so an intro, like how integral is that as a songwriter? As a songwriter... It is probably the last thing, you know, if you're writing pop music, yeah. if I'm writing for like Enrique Iglesias, yeah. then I'll write the song and they think, oh, does it need an intro? And they'd be like, I'll oh, just randomly grab like a bit of the song from somewhere else. I yeah. think for pop music, it's like, do you know what? In- interestingly, now with Spotify and the way people consume music, and it, it is very, people want. That I've been told in meetings so much that like, oh, you need to start with the chorus now. It is that instant gratification yeah, that yeah, people and, and want. Like, like the last, yeah, I did. I, the last two, the two, the two singles I did on the last Vamps album, uh, they both of them start with the chorus, not even an intro. Yeah. Just bam, court like. Which I've, had, I've just realised that. As, as yeah. Um, so he said, you know, he's, uh, well, I think that makes that's why intros intros are kind of important because yeah. it's a like it is almost like a luxury now. Yeah. And, and it is. Do you think more so for pop? I think for pop. You, you people will skip, and yeah. I think you, if you're if I'm if you're writing, you know, the purpose of a pop song, the the kind of thing that I would be asked to write is to instantly grab people in anyway. So yeah. I think, but um, isn't that sad? Do you know, this when I do when I write, the, and the more more times that things, I I, I kind of borrowed a, a chord progression from Elliot Smith in a session the other day so I just played I basically just played an Elliot Smith guitar mm. part and said why don't we do something with this I just thought you know we can make it kind of more poppy yeah and then the people that I were working with go were just like mm, no no and I was thinking like mate this is like an Elliot Smith like, yeah. like fuck you kind yeah. of I, I, I was a bit like mm, 
and it kind of like I think that's interesting with me coming from like a more of a like music nerd background whereas like so a lot of the people that I work with they're brilliant but they're also they come from like a you know pop or like more kind of electronic sort yeah of, you know yeah. I don't know whatever drum and bass or something yeah that I don't even know, I don't really know about stuff like that but so it's like stuff that I would just be like well dude this is like an Elliot Smith chord progression like yeah. how dare how very dare yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean but actually it's like that but that's you know for Elliot Smith that's great but maybe for like you know it's not going to work on a with Jess Glynn singing on the song yeah yeah of course of course so, yeah but I, no, I think I think I think intros are only important on songs that they're important on I yeah. think like it's like if someone does it well then you're like Oh yeah, that, like that's it's, yeah. it's almost like a it, it's so rare to have one that does feel really, really like important. Yeah, especially a long one like that. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, for track two, Sam, I asked the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Did I? Is this the Stranglers one? It is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can just remember them. I was on holiday in France with my family. Right. I just remember it so well. And isn't it interesting how the how music and lyric. What, what, how it speaks to like a young mind yeah. more than more than when you're old, you're just like you could just imagine the man sitting there writing it out or whatever. Yeah. But, and I remember, like, what what music did your parents like when you when you were growing up? What did they play in the house? Um, a hybrid of um, really good stuff like Motown, yeah, and really bad stuff like Brotherhood of Man, yeah, and uh, just kind of really Leo say a bad chart yeah. nonsense, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, it was it was always the Motown that yeah. stood out because of the, the the hooks and the pop. Yeah, and it's when there's people in it. It's I think especially think of those Beatles songs, you know, Eleanor Rigby, whatever. Yeah, you know, there's there's songs that when you hear as a kid, you're like, who is that? Yeah, Cause you're so you're used to read to hearing stories where yeah. it's like the the you know the big red fox, and then let's hear all about the big red fox, yeah. and that's the book that you read when yeah. you're a kid. So you're kind of you're, you're programmed in a way to like yeah. want to know the stories of these yeah. people we studied in the rugby in english did you really? at, at junior school yeah uh, that's really interesting yeah um yeah so you so i think you, as a kid you're like all right i want to know you as soon as you're presented with a name you're used to kind of hearing about the yeah. rest of the you know you want to pippy longstocking and then it's yeah like, well, then here's the film of what she does so then strange little girl and there's something about like because is, is it about it's about Susie sue is that right i believe so yeah but obviously, I didn't. Know, I didn't have that yeah. context yeah. as a like you know six year old kid. Um, and I think I, I can kind of remember. Maybe I was in. I was in the. I was at the beginnings of knowing that kind of, you know, boys and girls liked each other in a way that was different to friends. Or you know, I was like kind yeah. of like had that. I could just kind of sense. I can feel, and it, it felt like a. In my like honestly, in my memory, it's like uh, I kind of aged during the listening of that song. But I can really remember just the like. The, the the this kind of sense of like weirdness and and like wondering what it was and like just like the the strangeness of the the song it's like I, I can remember the exact moment it's one of my earliest memories of do you think do you think like it's a natural thing for, for I mean I, personally moving forwards a little bit I, I remember like seeing things like the the cult and things like that and not understanding it because you know I was born and bred on Madonna and yeah. stuff like that and and 
you know stuff like five star that I was seeing on the ch- on the pop, top yeah. of pops. But then when I saw something like the cult or the bunny men or or whatever, and I couldn't. I mean, I, I weren't. I didn't understand it. I didn't necessarily like it. Or, or same probably seeing Morrissey, yeah. like you know, with the Smiths and that. It was way before I understood what I liked and what I didn't in music. But that kind of fascination with something that's a little bit darker and 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 a little bit weirder. Do you I know what I mean? Other, yeah. It's yeah. just something that you're like, and I think. For for people who've obviously like whenever whatever happened with with us getting into music, it must have made a big impact. So we're yeah. still obsessed with it now. Yeah. Um, and I think I think there's some there's like when you see music, you're just like I kind of don't know what that is, and it's like yeah. that's there's something just brilliant about. It, especially and as then a kid. you gravitate towards that feeling. Yeah, and I think with with us when you know when I was a kid, it was like the time of of weird. You know, it's like the time of of, of weird toys and everything of like Hector, you know, toxic mm-hmm. stuff, you know, toxic Avengers and all this sort of stuff. So I think every, I was just part of that kind of like, I want weird stuff and everything was kind of weird and dark and gross. Yeah. And so I definitely gravitated towards that. Anyway, I remember I had an older brother. There's always this kind of, I think it's cheating if you have an older brother. I was going to ask this. I was going to ask this because I didn't. Oh, did you not? No, no, I've got a, my brother's eight years younger than me, but he will say about me that his yeah. music tastes are very influenced by mine. Um, but so, I mean, maybe it works the other way around. If you have someone to like, be like, oh, you should check this out. Then it yeah. kind of helps you be like a like you're the like, kind of librarian of your of, of music. Definitely. Your... So was was there music on at home growing up? Oh yeah, there were definitely. Well, my dad was always into classical music. Right. So it's like, but you know, I I actually kind of do like listen to quite a lot of classical music yep. as well, but. Um, and my mum was like Beach Boys and and Fleetwood Mac, you know, just like good good records. Yeah. And then my brother, who's like a few years older than me, was really into Violent Femmes and oh like, wow, and, and Black Flag and stuff like that. Yeah. Like he definitely got, which is weird because now he listens to like Dross. You know, I don't know why. I don't know what happened to like. Yeah, he listens to like you know. I'm not. Yeah, he listens to like Beirut and stuff. You know, but older yeah. bro, older brother music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he got me really, in, and the Smiths, and like I remember, he bought me boxes for my twelfth birthday. The wow. single, yeah, it's, it's a twelve-inch single. Um, and I think there, there's something about when you have an older brother because it's already you you can already kind of the awkward bit has gone out of it. So you can kind of see you can see like oh I don't that's a bit awkward that I won't, I'm not going to be into that one. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. It's like, did you think your brother was cool? I thought it was really. I mean, he was really cool. He, was in, he almost got signed to Food Records. They like. Wow. They offered him a record deal for his band. Wow. But he wanted to go to university instead, so he just said no. And I actually, when I was really young, like eleven, I played keyboards at Madame Jojo's for his band because really, keyboard, yeah, his keyboard player like couldn't do it. That's and so they were, they were very, you know, they, I was like, this was like ninety, ninety three or ninety right. or something like that, um, and. It was very, like, you know, it's very Britpop, kind of like real yeah. campy, kind of like suede type yeah. sort of thing. I actually, I love suede. I think suede is such an excellent band. Did you hear, just chewing the fat now, did you hear that single they put out about a year and a half ago called Outsiders? No. It's one of the best things they've ever done. Is it? It's just, it's got that kind of pre-chorus that you think's the chorus, then it goes again, and it's like, oh my God. This they did like, one, they did one now, I think Stephen Street might have produced one, like, I want to say early 2000s, is that right? Or am I thinking of Gene? Gene definitely did that one, Libertine, didn't they? That was 2000. Was that 2002 or 2001? See, they're a band that 
I don't think get the. No, we think we've talked about this before. Did we? Did we talk I about? Think we did. Yeah. Because actually, that everyone thinks that that um, ordinary boys sound like Gene. Right. And okay. I get, I get that quite a lot. Yeah. Um, Rossiter's voice was ridiculous. Oh, I love him. I think he's he's great. Did you I know him? Because he's a Brighton boy, isn't I he? I know him a little bit. Yeah. But I, we did talk about this because I said that I shoplifted a Gene cassette from Virgin <laughs> Records right. in Brighton and I got, I got caught. Cool. <laughs> and right. it's just like the sort of campest, silliest like record. Brilliant. Like you'd think you'd have like a, you know, you'd have like Metallica. Whatever, yeah. But yeah. Whatever, but if you're yeah. going to get banged up for stealing, it's yeah. not very cool in prison, is it? Saying you stole a Gene single. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there... I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up and get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. Oh dear. So when you're, you're talking about the music being on at home and listening to Flitwick Mac and Beach Boys and classical stuff and your brother's sort of and influence And you know what on... I remember as well? If this doesn't count. What was, the, what was the exact, what was the phrasing? The first song that you had an emotional impact. Okay. Yeah. This is just an, an aside. Okay. But do you remember those history magazines that would come with a floppy vinyl on the Flexi front? Flexi-disc. Flexi-disc on yeah. the front. And they would have like, it would be like chatter, noise and stuff. And then it would be someone being Queen Victoria. Yeah. And they would, she'd be like, off with her head! And yeah. they'd be like screaming and stuff. Those were fucking intense when yeah. you were a kid. And I can, I can remember listening to them really clearly, being like obsessed. With, and and right. just loving the whole process of... of of like putting on a vinyl. Yeah. I think I've always had, I've, even when I was like in my whole teenage years, I had this massive like Atari vinyl player in my bedroom that took up like half the room. Yeah. I've always loved, I always loved vinyl. You, I've, um, it's a bit cringe to love it now, sadly. No, it's not. I don't think it is. I think it's, I mean, I'm looking at a, a, a pretty impressive record collection where I'm sitting there. Mm. And when we went up to your studio earlier, You've got an upright record player, yeah. uh, which is I fucking cool, man. It, it's like it's a bit sketchy now that because it has it has like a, an electronic element that has to move it within yeah. the time. So it's, it's it's sort of it's definitely on its last legs. But I do love them. But why is no one in in the time where you know it's a bit hipster, you know, to to be a wall mounted? But why is no one doing flexi discs again? Why have oh, yeah. they not come back? Like they've got to be so sound, cheap. They sound like what is that? Shit, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So where where was uh, when when you mentioned about the records at home? Where was home at that point? Uh, Worthing, which is like just next to Brighton. Okay. It's like the next next place. I actually was born in London. I was born in London then because I'm ha- I'm half American. My mum's American. Okay. So I actually lived in Philadelphia for like. Two, three year stints like twice in my yeah. life which was so I sort of consider that home in a little way but but yeah Worthy which is just like it famously at the time was I don't know how they measure this but it was the most xenophobic place in England oh right yeah <laughs> so, so it was that um, but and it was like, it's one of those places where there's nothing there's nothing to do except for like be really bad 
or just try and find some other hobby. So yeah. it was like skating and doing music. Yeah. So we just like we just well, and being bad, we just sort of did all yeah. of them. Yeah. I think. So weird how skating and music go hand in hand, isn't it? Well, it's because you get the music, the the videos have such good soundtracks, yeah. and that's how I discovered. Yeah. You know, because I still think. Like even Electric Avenue, I live like obviously Electric Avenue is just up here, and that's I listened to that. That was on a skate video years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I know that song from. I knew that song when I was, you know, twelve because yeah. of the skate video. Yeah. And and punk as well. There was a lot of like pop punk and stuff. Yeah. Stuff that I like now. That was that was from skate videos. Okay, I think we might be getting onto that quite soon. Uh, so track three is the song that reminds you of your time at school. I can't remember what I put. You put Goldfinger, Mabel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's another one. Basically, all of these, I can remember the time when I... That's good. That's, yeah, that's what I, I kind of hope people, you know, get from this. Um, yeah, it was, I, I, I can just think of at, at school, which is interesting because I've, since then, have worked with uh, John Feldman, who's a guy from Goldfinger. He's now a songwriter. He does right. all the, like... He does that band... Are they called All Time Low? Yeah. Like, they're quite yep. good, actually. Um, and he does like uh, who's the one who did Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous Good Charlotte Good Charlotte he does those sort of records so I did a few sort of I did a few days with him he's yeah. actually he's such a cool guy and I was like it's, it's it's funny how like that record Mabel was so important to me as a kid like I, like I really felt kind of weird ownership and kind of real connection to that it, like it's a dumb record but it's like we it was it would kind of be on a lot and then I talked to him about it, and he was like, he kind of couldn't really. He was like, "Oh, that one, yeah, yeah." Like, and I was thinking, like, dude, you literally have no idea. Yeah. And it was just, it was just an interesting feeling because it was like, he was quite dismissive of it. It was quite dis- not just dis- yeah, but like, I was like, no, 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 like, he was yeah, dismissive of it, but in a in a way where where it was just, uh, it was like, you, it almost becomes about if you take ownership or you feel, feel connection with the record. Sometimes you, it is almost with the artist detached to that. Yeah. Almost, it's about the song. Because I was like, oh, maybe it's just the song, and it's maybe like, you know, maybe, maybe it's not even the song I like. It's like the the everything that's associated. Yeah, it's like it's like that thing of like when when you think you miss like an ex, but you actually you kind of miss you like when yeah, yeah, that yeah. Then. your version of you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh no, actually, I just miss me back then. Yeah. Um, so I think, and but that's and it, the beauty of nostalgia, right? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like I, I, I'm a real. I love to kind of invoke sad feelings, yeah. just like in myself. Cause yeah, it's, it's just an interest. It's just funny that you can do that. Yeah. Um, I think that's why now I've got all this music set up, even though it wasn't working earlier. But but I've had I've got all my, I've got my girlfriend's uh, dad. His job is to set up all this like really high end streaming music stuff with in in people's in like rich people's houses, and so he's come and set all this all up here. Um, and I did sit down and listen to like some music from like you know really old music that I listened yeah. to for years and years and years, and quite enjoyed just getting a bit sad. Yeah, <laughs> so quite fun. Yeah, it's good, especially at, you know at, at, um, at flak um, quality high bit rate. Yeah, sadness. It's nothing like it. So, did you enjoy school? Yeah, yeah, I had a, I had a really good time at school. Um, I think. I, did I you did you feel connected to, to the people you were at school with? Or uh, did you find your sort of your 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 crew, your gang, or whatever you want to call it? I, I 
Do you know what? I, all my friends weren't in, at my school. Right. Anyway, I just okay. I, I I did enjoy school. I, I had like a girlfriend from when I was fourteen till like. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 20s I think, so it's like... Really? I, yeah, so, which is weird anyway, isn't it? But I, I, I had friends, that, you know, I, school was fun. I, I really enjoyed school. I never, I kind of... I kind of got lightly bullied, but it was fine. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I was like, I was cool, I was fine with it, kind yeah. of. And then I had this really healthy friendship group, which I still have, which was the ordinary boys, and the few, you know, few people around that. I guess when you when you have a band, yeah, you know, I was in my, I've been in my band since I was twelve or something, like it was the same people. So you went to school with a band? I didn't go to school with them. They went to school with my sister. They're right. like a little bit younger than me, so they're in a, a year below. But I always had that, so it was just kind of like. You know, if anything, if if I kind of didn't have, if if I didn't have friends at school, which I kind of did, but like if I didn't have enough friends at school, I could just be like, well, fuck you, I've, I've like got a band, and then yeah. like, and I and I'm like, oh, I'm going to know them forever, and I yeah. and I still do, they're still yeah. like, still my best friends. So yeah. it's like, and you know, that's that's like twenty something years yeah. ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh God, that's great. Where though. does the time go? Honestly, yeah. but like, so did you feel at school like you know? Wish you, were, you know, did you feel creative? Did you, you know, the, being in a band from that age—that's, I mean, that's quite young to to, to start yeah. a band. And you know, was you was you driven as a person? Uh, no, not really. No, I don't think so. Why did I, you do? Why did you do a band? What What was uh, the kind of? Because our, our friend had—I don't really—I don't know. What a weird, you know, that's like that, that DD thing where he goes, "Why do we play so loud?" Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I don't know why we did. It was just nothing else to do. And my friend had like a big house, the practice room, and his yeah. parents weren't in. And yeah. he had all these instruments from his brother. Yeah. So it was just like, it was just what we did instead of video games or whatever. Yeah. Which I, don't, I really, honestly, don't know why we did it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I was just thinking that like, most people do it. You know, yeah, I, I want to get girls, but you had a girlfriend already. Yeah. You know? like, no, it wasn't. Um, I don't know. It was just like 
you know, you just have this, you have all that aggression and testosterone and everything. Yeah. You just need to hit something. Yeah. You know, so Did you feel like, you had something to say? Oh, definitely. I think, especially our, uh, if you, you know, the early records that we did, yeah. which are, like we never got released, which are when we were more of a hardcore band. Yeah. And they're very kind of angry, very angry yeah. music. But like, um, but actually, I, we listened. I played this to my girlfriend um, recently, and she, she really likes them. Cause she's kind of more into that. She likes a bit like more, more a bit heavier stuff than yeah. I like. I think so. She was, she was, she really likes them. I thought yeah. quite good about that. Um, what, uh, what, what, are we talk, what track are we talking about? I'll tell you what we're going to talk about now. We were talking about golfing, but I'm really, oh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm really excited for track four because I've been waiting for someone to mention this band because they're such a massive band for me and no one's ever mentioned it. And, uh, and it's the first record that you, you bought. And uh, Is it the album or the single? I can't remember what it is. It's the Lemonheads. Oh, my God. So this, this I used to have a hat that was... Do you remember these hats that were... were it was like a beanie, but it had a string tying the end together. Yeah. I had a Lemonheads one, which I just wore for my entire, like... I think this is another record. This is one my brother got me into when I was really young. But I now have... I've got rudderless. Mate, when... On my, on my leg. When we... Uh, when we were texting each other about this, and, and I said, mate, I can't wait to talk about the Lemonheads, specifically, uh, uh, specifically rudderless... And then you sent me a picture of your tattoo. I was like, "Fuck's sake, he's got rudderless tattoo." On. That's incredible. Um, there were, do you know, every year this at, at sort of springtime, I bring out this the the or, or just any Lemonheads record. It's really. perfect, isn't it? For it that, it just feel it like because it has this kind of it, it's it's kind of a hopeful record, but also like it has a feeling of like of, of sort of futility to it yeah. as well, which is really nice. And it's another one where the music and the and the kind of sentiments all all tie in really well. It yeah. feels very, it's like a very real feeling of a yeah. of a record. I think I, I um I've always I just love I saw that him recently do do a few of the the songs, but it was back when I was drinking and I, I feel a little bit I just got a bit too drunk. I can't really remember it, which is a bit of a. I saw him I saw him do that album. The, um, I saw the Lemonheads do that album. At, um, uh, uh, oh, Town and Country, what's it called now? Um, oh God, in Kentish Town Forum. Yeah, uh, maybe five years ago, and he come out and he still just looked beautiful. I think I might have been like, at that one. I, oh yeah, I know. What is up with that? He's I like, know. Amount of drugs. He's I know. Done it's annoying. Like... I know. And uh, and then I saw him. I saw him at uh, the South Bank with. It was just Evan and. Juliana Hatfield. Oh wow! And, I love Juliana Hatfield. Oh, as and they well. both just come out, and she done a set, and then he come out and done his. Then she come out and done. Um, she harmonised on uh, being around, and oh, wow. um, and what was the, the, the single? Um, it's about time. Yeah. Like oh, it was just it was magical. Yeah. And like and and she just looks so excited to be playing on stage it's for, it, it he feels a bit frozen in time anyway yeah. musically the whole way through yeah. it it feels a bit um i do i love all the early the earlier kind of heavy yeah. punk ones but uh, yeah. but like it feel it, he kind of has the feeling of like the birds or like yeah. a, like a band it's just got a lazy out. edge to his yeah. like sort of voice isn't it it's it's, it's just perfect and he's and lyrically he's just funny enough but not like it's yeah. not funny, but it's kind of like it's yeah. like just f- kind of makes you feel like just feel right. It's a good yeah. feeling. Well, being around is almost a joke record, yet it works, yeah. doesn't it? Or what, Do you, know what, you know the one? Um, oh, outdoor type. Do you know yeah, that song? And it's yeah. Like, it's actually a really funny record. Yeah. Um, 
there's a, a brilliant version I saw the other day on um, on YouTube of him doing being around with uh, Courtney Barnett. Oh, really? I um, love her. Oh, well. mate, it's amazing. And like, and you can see she's a bit doughy-eyed looking yeah. at him, just thinking, "I grew up listening to your records." Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's it's, it's beautiful. But um, can you remember where you bought it? I think probably our price in Worthing. Right. I imagine. Okay. Vinyl or CD? Uh, a cassette. Right. Yeah. I had a little cassette deck. Yeah. I bought, it's annoying how many things I had. I actually got quite a good cassette collection here. That's all. Like, oh, you'd yeah. actually be surprised at that. I've got some, like, some pretty mad stuff. Like the Christopher Cross album. So. Got, like, Joy Division. Like, all just, like, Husker do. Nice. They're just stuff that you. Oh, shit. We was talk- I was talking to... Um, oh, look how cool that is. Oh, that is amazing. It just works on cassette. We was talking to... Um, on a radio show I sent you earlier, I was talking to uh, Alan McGee the other day and we was discussing Bob Mould and Sugar. And, I love, I love uh, sugar, especially. Because um, it was creation, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and I said, like, what, how did that happen? Because it was such an, an, an English indie label, yeah. so to speak, and then you, you signed Sugar... And that album, Copper Blue, is, yeah, is, so I mean, that's, that's like Shame About Race. Yeah, Perfect yeah. pop in places, yeah. isn't it? You know, if I can change your mind, what yeah, a I love beautiful that pop track, you know? Uh, uh, okay, so... And another one where it's like, it just has a sound, like, like the kind of The Cure as well, go back, but where it's just like, his voice and a guitar sounds like nothing, like yeah. nothing else sounds like that. Yeah. It's, it's mad. Imagine having a voice like that. Yeah. You can, and you just... Yeah, and the same with Elliot Smith as well, where it's like the just the nat- the natural kind of chordal and melodic th- things that kind of seem like they're natural to him are just yeah. alien to anyone else. Yeah. It's like he grew up studying a different like yeah. like a set of notes. Or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I he read that. a different book, didn't he? Yeah, and I love. Oh. I think that's and that's why it's kind of why I like like pop and and rock music or whatever is is. So cool because you can arrive at the same place where you have a song. You can arrive in a completely different way of getting yeah, there, yeah. and it's going to be a com- it's going to be completely different. Right. I'm going to get on the track five now, Sam, which is the the song that soundtracked your clubbing years. My clubbing years probably lasted about a fortnight. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> can you remember what you sent over yeah, for that Fisher's one? Yeah, Fisher's Booner. Yeah, no, I actually love this song. Yeah. I love this song. I love the feeling of that. It, it was like, I guess, was this just before I got signed? Maybe this was, is this from about 2002? Yeah. And what was the scene? It was kind of Electro Clash, wasn't it? Electro Clash, yeah. that was it, yeah. Um, and I, we, so we supported, we supported back with The Faint, which I love. Yeah, an amazing band. And Lady Tron, do you remember them? Oh, so there was like, and we were like, and there was a, Point where we're going. All right. Well, we should probably get. That's a strange bill for you to be on. Well, it's because our manager put put it on. Right. It's like, and at the time it was just like everything was Electro Clash, and we were thinking, do we have to get like a synth player to do this? Um, which, which actually would have been quite interesting. I don't know why we did it, but it was there was just something happening around that time where it was like it felt like a real. It felt kind of like club kidsy, like Michael Alley type. Definitely, kind of vibe. definitely. The the look of Fisher Spooner, yeah, yeah, very Fisher much Spooner so. Particularly, were like, you know, the, the, what was cool about them is they'd signed this massive deal with, I think, Ministry of Sound. Was it for like a? Mi- it was something ridiculous, I think it was wasn't it? Million, yeah, like multiple million. And they had one song, and they were, they were weren't even musicians. They were like art, art kind yeah. of installation guys or whatever. It's just like, it, for me, that felt like something that would have happened in like. 
the early 80s in New York. Yeah. Or like, you know. Or, or in London, that could have easily yeah, been yeah. like the Blitz Club and that could exactly, have, Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it felt, it felt to me like the things that I'd read about in, in like music yeah. book, history books. So yeah. I was, instantly I was just like, this is, this is, this sounds like a disaster way it's happened. I yeah. love it. Do you know what I mean? And so, um, so we, and they used, we used to go to the kind of these weird electric clash nights where they'd have like, you know, transvestites dancing and all this. Is this in Brighton? Yeah, in Brighton. Yeah. And and it was more. There was like a more of a because it was this, there was electric clash and there was a, the English thing that was like the klaxons. What was that called? New rave. Yeah, that I didn't like so much. Yeah. But electric clash was actually really good. There was some really and also it's like the rapture were kind of part yeah. of that. Yeah. Fucking incredible band. Yeah. So it was it was just a really exciting scene. It was like for someone who just really isn't a sort of clubbing type yeah it definitely got me in some sort of into some clubs yeah just to listen to that music and it was like do you like a dance uh i will i will if i if i get if i kind of break the seal yeah of it then i can dance all night yeah but i'm more like to i like to dance like rock and roll really yeah like rock and roll records yeah much more fun yeah definitely. i can't really dance to like no maybe I can, maybe i'm not i don't know i will dance yeah I feel like you can't, you just can't make a decision not to dance. It's just not, you, yeah. won't, you, won't, you won't have a nice life. Yeah. You have to just do it. Yeah. And so I'll, so I'll just kind of, I, I, I don't know, I, I, you'd have to ask someone else. Okay. Dance okay. <laughs> um, so what did you, I know you said it was only two weeks, but I don't believe you. You must have been going out more than that. And uh, what, what did you want from like clubbing as a, as a young man? Well, we used to, so me and my friend Matt, who's like was has been my, my best friend for like forever, and we he we went to university together. Where was that? In Brighton. Okay. And we used to just we were bad, a bit bad and kind of would go out, but we would go to the goth night because it was just quite we just quite liked so they'd play like the cult and stuff, but yeah. it was like. I can't tell if this is really out of order and bullying. Maybe it's bullying behaviour a little bit. But we used to wear the little glowing witch's fingers from Halloween <laughs> and like capes and fake fangs and stuff. And we would just go out and just be. Not with, on Halloween, just to a goth night. And then we would go and kind of really, with fake fangs and we'd just like really seriously just like down all these snake bite and black kind of. And then yeah. like there, was a, there was one spot that I would throw up in every time on the way home. Yeah. I would just like routinely just go and throw up in this one spot on the, on the walk back. So yeah, maybe it was a bit longer than that. Um, and we, I remember we, they were, you know, it's like when 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 the band started and we would, we would um, try and go into indie night and they wouldn't let us in because when we when the band, what well, and the band was gathering momentum. Well, we were gathering well. momentum because we kind of like, I think I guess we didn't dress indie at the time. We dressed in like shirts and all that. Yeah, and it wasn't really. And so we, they'd be like, "No, it's indie night, mate. You're not coming in." What? Because you looked a bit moddy. Yeah, well, because we were, yeah, because we would like had suits on and stuff. That's it ridiculous. Just, it, was, it was just before the kind of mod thing kind of came so back. So what, what clubs were these in Brighton then? What was doing the indie nights at that point? Well, there's one called Audio. They're all gone now. Audio, yeah, yeah, that's gone. Was New Era there then? Don't remember that one. No, no, no. New Era. Uh, oh no, that, I know the one you mean. No, it wasn't there. Yeah, and on the Dyke Street that there. was. Yeah, and well, the that, that they moved to the haunt. The, yeah. the promoter from there moved okay. to the haunt. And yeah. then there was. The Gloucester, that's where the the um, Goth Night was. Yeah, it was really fun actually. The Goth Night, there was that was really because you know what? No, there was no trouble or anything like that. Everything was just nice. Yeah, it's like just apart from the pricks apart at from the us. bar with yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fingernails. Um, but no, I've, I, it's never been anything. I've always kind of 
I've never really felt comfortable in a club. I, I, yeah. It's like, I, I can't listen to the music I want. Someone else is yeah. choosing the music. Sounds horrible because it's so loud. Yeah. It's dark, so I can't, I can't hear anyone. Yeah. It's late, I should be in bed, and yeah. everyone's drunk. It's like, I, don't, I can't understand why anyone would do that to themselves, really. Sam, I've been a club promoter for 27 years, and I hate clubs. Yeah. I hate it. I'll just, I stand outside because I... I I like to have a chat. Yeah. And you can't chat to anyone in a club. And it's like, and generally, the, like you say, the DJ's playing something you don't really want to hear. Yeah. And uh, I think that's probably why I started DJing and, and doing the clubs, just so I could kind of, kind of a bit of a control freak. Yeah. Like, well, I can, I can tell people what they want to listen to. And, yeah. Uh, and oh, no, I love, I love DJing. When I yeah. DJ, I, I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Oh, have you done that then? You, you DJ some clubs and stuff? I used to do a little bit after gigs and stuff. Yeah. But then you just, you know, it's like... Got any stone roses, mate? I was like, oh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that, I just can't be bothered with that. Yeah, I'm glad. You, I feel like I've it's taken me 15 years, but I've managed to sort out how I can still do music and and remain sane and and healthy. Yeah, and I think that's doing what I do now. I, I couldn't. I honestly don't think I could tour in a band anymore. I think, really? I, don't, I just don't think I could. I was thinking about it because my who was off on tour. Oh, Nina Nesbitt is off on tour. And I was thinking, I don't think. Obviously, she's much, you know she's like twenty one or whatever. But I was thinking, I don't think. I just don't think I could do it anymore. I don't think I could. I don't think I'd want to leave my house. I'd just get sad. Yeah. And especially not drinking. I think I wouldn't. I don't. You've been that. sober now for sixteen months. Fourteen months. Fourteen months. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And you. Do, you, do you think that would like to, to go on tour? If that just is your. If you look back at touring. Is it generally hand in hand with booze? Oh yeah, and worse and more, you know, as yeah. the years went on, as the harder it got yeah. on my body, the more I had to like drink to get yeah. through it. And um, I would love to do it sober. Yeah. I think I probably would. Uh, that would be really good. But I just, I, at the moment, I just think yeah. that I'm, I'm just I'm not like I wouldn't be able. To, I would just yeah. have a drink. Yeah, but if you're happy doing what you're doing, then yeah, I'm really. Do you know, it's just take. It's taken such a long time. I'm just like. It's it's gone from the stage of like tr- desperately trying to get what kind of in the position that I want, and and that's been a real driving thing for me. Now to just be like, all right, don't fuck this up. Like I just need to maintain this. Yeah. And that's like, but actually, the, in music, that's just as hard as it as like as trying to get somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just like, yeah. all right, I need to maintain this exact level of like of having of, of success. Yeah. Because I don't want to. You know, I'm like happy with this. I was like, fuck. Yeah. So, that, so now, I'm, if any, weirdly, if anything, I'm working harder now. Yeah. Than than I was to try and get here. Yeah. It's been really weird. It's been like a weird. It's been a weird. I wonder if it is to do with being a musician and like taking music quite seriously when I did the first record, then doing Big Brother and then feeling like everyone's just like didn't really think I was a musician or you know, and then. Spent the rest last ten years after that having feeling like I have to remove myself from it and actually prove that I can do the music bit and that I can be successful on just the you know the just the song. Right. I'm, I'm sure that that is for the, subconsciously for, for, for the to, to prove to who you or to the, the general public. Well, because why do they matter? Well, I, and also they don't even know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So Th- I those that knew the ordinary boys knew that you were a a proper band and you was a good songwriter yeah. and you could sing and you know and write songs and you know that's you know for people that I guess may... prove to myself I guess prove to myself yeah. I, th- I think I, it was so uncomfortable for me when I was when I was like in on OK Magazine and all those yeah. things like it felt really like 
like it would just made me feel really like disgusted with myself. But did part of you just think, well, fuck it, it's a ride. Let's see where it goes. Yeah, well, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's like, but, but that's got me into all, that that attitude has got me into all sorts of trouble in yeah. my life. So, yeah. So. But um, but surely, you and know. you know what? There, a lot of it was really fun, but there there was a part of it where I was thinking like, don't like, please don't be known for this. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because I, because I just don't. There is a sense of like, of of. You know, it, although you know, it's, it, it's also you know, life is so fleeting anyway. Like nothing really fucking matters anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Like you're only alive for about for a blink, and then yeah, it's, you, you might as well just have a nice time. Absolutely. And you don't know. You know, you never know what's around the corner, right? So yeah. Just roll with it. I think. Yeah. And uh, you know, fast forward however many years that has been there, and you got a beautiful house looking over London, yeah. making music, doing what you like yeah. doing. That's good, right? Yeah. I've actually made music for longer than anyone that's... There's this thing as well of, like, of, of people that go, like... That go, I'd never sell out and, and I'd never write... A, you, know, I'd, uh, you know, I'd never go and write songs for, for Ollie Murs. Like, that's sell but it's like... But actually, like, the, that integrity is the thing that's stopping you from even trying. Yeah. And it's fucking difficult. Like, yeah. it's not, like... If you're all these people that are in kind of wig out, like, uh, you, what's the thing that's really popular in Brighton? But this like droney kind of yeah. bullshit rock music in Brighton that are kind of well, but slightly used to look down on us and be like, you know, oh, they're you know selling out writing pop music. But it's like, dude, I could write like droney rock music. Like I could write you five albums in in like ten minutes. Yeah. But like, it's really hard to write pop music. It's actually yeah. much more difficult. So fuck you. But. I, I think, you know, when when I got here today and you, you said that what you write, you said, oh, it might not be what you like because it's pop music. And I was like, some of the greatest records I've ever, like, that, that, like for me, as much as I will listen to Chapter Ass, Riot, yeah. and, you know, droney music as well, Live It Up by Mental as Anything. <laughs> from Crocodile Dundee he's one of the greatest pop records yeah. ever made I just think it's fantastic and and, and that as for someone that's a, you know that, that was in bands and stuff like that and was the songwriter for me as much as I was thinking I want to write a How Soon Is Now but I was also thinking but I'd love to write a Sun Away Shines on TV yeah. because it's a masterpiece and it it's, really is and it's, not hard, and it's not easy to do yeah. it's really fucking hard yeah. to write a, a pop song that's laden with hooks yeah. and that pulls you in and then and if you then sweetness if you then add to, to the, the a lot of these a lot of the people that I write with that are really really good I wrote with this guy Evan Bogart um, last week and he wrote Halo for Beyonce and yeah. like some other some other mad Rihanna one and like he's and, and like He's completely. He knows the whole Cure, just you know, discography, and you know he's like, actually, the good ones are the ones that can. All right, well, let's take a bit of the Cure in, and let's take yeah. a little bit of like Wham and stuff, yeah. like, and just and just like nothing can, yeah. nothing can, nothing is is banned from going into the sausage machine. Yeah, but like ultimately, we would need to make it into something that's like mainstream friendly or whatever yeah, palatable yeah but that doesn't necessarily you know a lot of a lot of big records are 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 not I mean I think pop is also it sometimes can be a bit misleading it's, there needs to be a better word because it's not even mainstream like yeah. it means something different now with, with Drake in a world where Drake is like the biggest 
yeah. thing in in music. Well, he's not pop really, but he is. But it's like there needs to be kind of another. It's just like mainstream music. I don't yeah. know what it is. Yeah, popular, I guess. Yeah, but then like, if you say pop, it makes you think of like yeah. like um, yellow polka dot bikini. Completely, you know I mean? completely. But, yeah, it's. Uh, but then you could say the same for indie. Do you know what I mean? It's oh like, god, I you know, hate the term indie. Like, you know, it can yeah. be. Do you know what I mean? It just it's makes like, me, uh, it, again. Yeah, it's like pop makes me think of the worst of pop. Yeah. Indie makes me think of the worst of indie. Yeah. Rock makes me think of the rock is yeah. awful as well, isn't it? Yeah. All genre. I think genres in general yeah. is just a load. It's just say rock. I don't it. think Jane's Addiction. I think Def Leppard. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, no, like, I love Def Leppard. Like, no, no. Those records are so well produced. <laughs> They like t- tracked the guitars twenty times. <laughs> Hysteria is a masterpiece, honestly. All right, it's your it's your episode, mate. Yeah. I'm not on board with that one, though. <laughs> All right, so um, for track six, Sam, I've asked you what the favourite song from an artist from your hometown is. Did I say Leah Sayer? No, no. <laughs> it's from Worthing. I just, yeah, I just. Oh, know. really? Yeah. Um, you went for the Damned. Oh, did uh, I? Yeah, yeah. He Brighton. Yeah. yeah, I love the Damned. His oh. son is like he hangs around with like my friends and stuff. Who's they, son? Uh, Dave. Uh, Captain Sensible. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so they're all like, they, you kind of meet them, and I'm, you just, it's just like, they had a mad journey as well. Oh, and, and they're now getting their, their just deserves, I think. I think people are now, really? uh, it feels to me that, it feels like they were always in the shadow of the pistols and, 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 and stuff like that. And, and I think now that people are realising, I mean, I've had two people on, on this podcast for greatest intro. I've both used New Rose. Oh, really? And like, That's a good intro. Yeah, yeah. it's a brilliant intro. Yeah. And, you know, that, and Love Song, it's brilliant. Yeah. And it's got pop hooks. Really poppy. They're again, they're like, I think this, this was TSOL as well, another band that like in the 80s, because they sort of started early 80s. And then as the 80s kind of came in and, and like, what the fuck would you do as a band, as a punk band, what would you do with the fact that music now sounds different? Like, yeah. would you just. If you wanted to keep being a band, you know, if, if the Pistols had been going yeah. all through the eighties without without, yeah, uh, would would they have embraced that kind of? I think I kind of wonder if they maybe would. Yeah, the eighties actually was was, was uh, kind of fucked a lot of bands. Yeah, Do you remember the Kinks did like they had like started doing eighties. Oh, don't, don't don't go there. It's good. Some of the songs are really good. Yeah. Or even it's go down, go dancing. Yeah, that was that was that kind of yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. and that's a great record. Yeah. But it, the production, it's like. But what what can you do about? It? There's nothing you can do it, about it. It's just a sign of the times, right? But anything from the seventies, the seventies production that that doesn't, you know, that age that's timeless. There's something about the fact that it was when electronic music was really yeah. like people were triggering kick drums and stuff yeah. and it sounded horrible but actually some there's some Smiths productions that are a bit kind of 80s but they sound really really good for it yeah like some big fucking big sort of guitar solo yeah yeah and it's like all reverb I know exactly what you mean it's the middle eight isn't it and it's that massive not the boy with a thorn in his side shoplifters of the world yeah yeah it's really echoey yeah reverb out um, and the dam kind of did that, but I think in kind of a cool way. And now I'm much more, much more okay with that. It's like the older I get, the more I'm like, I like Star Council, but less the jam. Yeah, sure yeah. I mean? It's yeah. just like. But um, I think with the, with the dam, I think like if you look at um, like stuff like Love Song and, uh, and and Smash It Up and that, that was starting to embrace 
the kind of new wave thing that was yeah. happening. And then fast forward a few years, like Grimly Fiendish and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess a goth band yeah. at that point. Sounded like, you know, that song, as much as what they look like, sounds like madness. Well, that's what's it's wicked brilliant. as well. If you see them, especially if you watch old, like, German TV programmes, yeah. you know, where, where they don't really know what they're... And yeah. they're introducing them. I can't even remember what their name. You know, fucking bonkers. Yeah, it was a drummer. You know, they're all called like Rat some... Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, it's like, so they're kind of introducing them, and uh, um, and then and they kind of play this music that that, yeah. that doesn't necessarily fit with the yeah. image, or, or yeah. and and but actually, kind of it, it kind of does. It, yeah. it's like that whole. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's a bit like the cure of being of like of. Kind of fucking with your expectations a little bit and make and and there's something cool about that. Yeah. But I think when you watch them, kind of being being politely introduced on a like an old TV yeah. show, it's like it's just like it feels like performance art yeah, a little bit. Definitely. And then, I guess I love all that theatrical. I love um, Susan the Banshees as well yeah. for that kind of like just just like looking so theatrical. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. They looked amazing. The damn. Yeah. And still look cool. And and sensible still just looks. Like an absolute loon, I love it. Yeah. So, for the last track, Sam, I'm going to ask you to um, pick a song that many people may not know. And so, it's your opportunity, a DJ. Now, you you can you can influence yeah. and give someone a track to to go and chew on. And what I should remind listeners of that um, this. Do this, you play the tracks? So what we do is. Um, we have a Spotify playlist that accompanies oh, every wicked. episode because okay, I believe there's all sorts of red tape with licensing yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so you can go and Is this on to, Spotify? Um, the podcast that now... All, no, is all, this song that I'm about to say? It's got to be. I don't know if it is, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well... It if, might have to be a YouTube link. Right, we'll do that, we'll do that. We'll make sure that everybody can hear all the tracks that we've uh, we've spoke about today. Um but yeah, so can you remember? You obviously remember what track yeah. you chose here. Baby Doll by yeah. um, Didi, yeah. which is off his out. It's it, the, I, I'm just, I kind of obsessed with Didi just because he's one of those people. I can I can kind of relate to the madness of, of everything he says, even though he kind of um, there's a certain, few things he said actually making the the. It's like with with when he made so he made, he made a hip like a hip hop. That's right. Um, and it's kind of good, like in its weird, in its weird madness. It's really it's a really fun record. Mm. Like Debbie Harry sings on this yeah. track, I think. Um, and it's you know well produced record. It's really fun, but it's it just seems like it's such a it's so it's so bad, so misjudged in so many yeah. ways. And when he was like promoting it, he would try. He was like trying to in in him trying to explain why he was qualified to make a, a hip-hop record which was at the time very much like a you know a, a black genre of yeah. music um and why he was describing he says something he, he he says it he his intentions are so sweet but he just comes across like a massive racist yeah which is really which is really a shame because i can i completely understand yeah. why he Feel, you know what what he was saying. It's really and yeah. it's really sweet. And he said he was like, you know, he had such a tr- troubled life. He, yeah. Especially you know, of all the Ramones, he was the one that that you know had had it hardest as a kid. And then he was like, you know, was was like, like had to be a rent boy and stuff when he was when he was teenager. And it's just like had a really shitty kind of time of it. And then he makes this record, which is has moments of absolute genius, especially this song, which is just like on a on a 
quite a clumsy hip hop rap record. Mm. I want to say rap. I don't. What's the difference between hip hop and rap? I wouldn't know. No. The same thing, right? Yeah, I think I rap know. seems like it works better. Yeah. As for him, but so on this quite clumsy kind of clunky rap record, there's just this really beautiful, like a genuinely beautiful, really heartfelt love song, which with his voice singing it, and he, there's something about his voice as well. It's very kind of like. It's just he's just such an unpretentious kind yeah. of guy. I really, oh, he was one. I was really, I was so sad when when he when we lost him. So that that was the one on the Ramones documentary, the one that that, that was quite that, that got released around the time of his passing. At the end, he's walking down the corridor. Yeah. And oh, it's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, like that closing scene where you see. And he goes like, "I'd like to thank Dee Dee and give yeah. myself a pat on the back." That's and then it. he dies yeah. like a few days after that. And I saw. I saw New Order the day he passed at Finsbury wow. Park, and I remember like walking from the bar over to the main stage and just seeing Hookie's amp, and it just had sprayed R.I.P. D.D. in oh. massive white letters on yeah. the amp, and I just thought, oh, perfect! Like, yeah. what a lovely tribute! Like, what a dude, D.D. Yeah. Ramone! Like, absolute that, dude! Like, yeah, he was brilliant. You know, he was German. He's, he had like he spoke German. He's like lived did not know yeah, that. He was German originally. Like exactly, he was, I think he was born in Germany. Right. Yeah. He just was a really interesting... He just had a mad life. I feel like it's like... The more you read about him, the more you kind of... you more you can... I, I just kind of weirdly relate to him a lot, yeah. somehow. Um, I, I just... I've always had a real soft spot for him. And then I discovered this song. Because, um, you know, all his other songs, all his... All his... I guess he wrote um, 53rd and 3rd, which yeah. is about his... You know, that's the dark lyric. And then Chinese Rocks, he wrote for Johnny Thunders, which is obviously about where they're doing the heroin. Yeah. You know, there's all this stuff that I can't necessarily relate to. Really, yeah. but, um, uh, and then, but then there's this beautiful love song, which is just like, just kind of out of, it, it just feels like in all the kind of madness that was his life, to me, this is a thing that kind of just sort of sparkles in the middle yeah. of it. And, uh, um, it's I I would I almost would say it's one of my it's definitely one of my favourite songs of all time. I think it's 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 a really beautiful song. That's a absolutely perfect way to to bring this to a close. I think. Quite not a bit sad. Uh, <laughs> no, it's nice, man. Like, you know, all people to go and listen to it. Yeah. And, uh, and so so what's what's happening now, Sam? What are you up to? I am. What am I up to? Just lots of writing. Got like I'm getting people because now I've got the spare bedrooms and stuff I'm going to have people come and stay here and work in the studio at the top mm-hmm. so I've got um, there's this guy who I work the, I, the, uh, the first session we ever did together with my friend Sly who's coming over we wrote a song for, that Liam Payne did so it's mm-hmm. like we did so anyway now and, and so I was like oh I'm going to do everything with this guy Sly yeah. anyway since then he's just written like a Chainsmokers one and a, and a Zed song and like the, you know all these big pop things so I'm going to get him to come over here so he can spread some of the, share some of the success with me. So we're going to do a week of that. That's going to be wicked. Fantastic. Well, what I'll do, Sam, when I, when this comes out, I'll tag um, you in all the social medias for it, and Brilliant. then um, yeah, let um, let Sam know what you think of his song choices. And uh, and yeah, thanks loads, mate, for inviting no. me into this beautiful home. And uh, and, it's, and it's lovely to see you again. Thanks, man. There you have it, Samuel Preston episode done oh, I really enjoyed it it was it was quite weird when I turned up to Preston's that day 
he opened the doors um, looking slightly dishevelled in his pyjamas, um, completely forgetting that I was turning up, but uh, literally in superhero style, just went upstairs within two seconds, just whizzed round, come back down, fully clothed with a cafetiera coffee. What more do you want from a guest? Um, yeah, he was an absolute delight and um, re- re- really, really nice guy. Um and yeah, I just I just hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, please like, share, comment, tweet, and and, and tell your friends uh, to go and have a listen. Um, and if you like listening to musicians chatting about their music, then have a look in the back um, catalogue of Off the Beat and Track podcast because there's episodes with Scribbius Pip, Block Party, Dan Lassac, uh Mark Moore from S Express. I'm sure I'm missing loads more. And by the time this episode comes out, there would have been even more. Um, so yes thanks ever so much for listening Um, if you listen on iTunes please give us a little rating Um, you know I think you get a chance to give me one star or five stars give me five come on be nice Um, also there's a Patreon page for this this podcast where I do a weekly radio show so you can go and have a a look and a listen and, and find out about that you can find out about my merchandise you can find out about my Boogaloo radio show, and you can find out about the Spotify playlists that accompany these podcasts and everything else at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'll see you next time. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.